Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. This episode is airing on Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Good morning, everyone. It's Shannon back with you for a Tuesday morning episode. And today we have an interview with author Sangu Mandana, where we discuss a very, very delightful book. This is Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, which is one of the most delightful witch books to come out in 2022. And once the interview is done, I will be back to chat with you about a few of this week's new releases, although I have to warn you ahead of time, there are not a ton. So let's get into it. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email, and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the Book Bistro Podcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am very excited to be talking with author Sangu Mandana about her latest novel, The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches which is just a title that makes me super happy. This released <laughs> in the U.S. and everywhere else on August 23rd. So before we get started, I just want to thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Can we start with a brief introduction to the very secret society of irregular witches so that listeners can have a bit of an idea what to expect? Yeah, of course. It is um, a romantic fantasy about a lonely witch who is roped into becoming the magical tutor to three wayward, unruly child witches. And in doing so, she falls in love and finds the family she's never had. This is a book that has gotten so much positive buzz, like leading up to its release. And then even on release day, I've just I've been hearing people talking about it and talking about it all over the Internet. Um, It is like super exciting just to hear like how many people are, are loving this book, both people who read early copies and people who are reading it now. I mean, it has been absolutely incredible. I um, I mean, this isn't my first book. This is my eighth book, so my first book for adults. And I don't think I've ever had this kind of response. 
it's just been amazing. People have been so lovely and so supportive. And it's just really nice to see it make its way to the world finally. So you've written YA in the past then, is that right? Yeah, YA and middle grade. Um, so uh-huh. really at this point, all age groups. <laughs> and do you tend to stick with kind of the, the fantasy um, elements or like what kind of um, what kind of books have you written? I think they're all um, fantastical to an extent. Um, all of my middle grade up fantasy um this one is sort of a contemporary romantic fantasy and my why has been kind of a mixture of sci-fi and fantasy so definitely i have always had my toe in the fantasy pool so to speak i love ya fantasy i feel like there is just a plethora of phenomenal fantasy stuff out there that is geared Mm -hmm. for teenagers but has this amazing crossover appeal Yeah, I mean, I think so many books that are published now, regardless of the age group they are aimed at, I just have such incredible crossover appeal. I mean, I I don't know, maybe I'm just a child, but I I love all of these books. Like, I love middle grade, I love picture books, I love YA. Um, As long as it has a little bit of magic, I'm there. Yes, yes, magic. And there are a ton of witchy books right now. I've talked about this um, with other authors and mm-hmm. it is just like an amazing time to write about witches and to read about witches. It is. And I think that is, I'm, like, I'm very happy and very lucky to be part of it because I loved witch books and witchy things since I was, yes. you know, tiny. And it, you know, just makes me so happy. And I love the, the, um, the range of witch books and witch stories you can tell. I mean, it's not just kind of Hansel and Gretel, the witch that gobbles up the children stories anymore. No. Witches, you have, you know, dark witches, you have witches that are complicated, you have witches that are, you know, warm and fuzzy. I love it. I love all of it. So what sort of prompted you to turn from middle grade and YA to writing um, this book, which is aimed, you know, more specifically for adults? It was a bit of a, a bit of a left turn. It, um, I had wanted to write a book for adults for a while now, um, for years actually. And but I've been waiting for the right idea, and all of my ideas <laughs> until then had been, um, you know, good for children's books. And I just went with it. And I love writing for kids. I'm still going to write for kids, but I had been looking for something. And then you know we were several months into the pandemic and. I wanted something soft and cozy and something that I could see myself in as I am now, if that makes sense. I guess. Um, And yeah, so like a book for adults, a witch book for adults, a book that was warm and safe and a place that I could escape to when the real world felt like a little too much. It, It was just the thing I needed at the time. It's so interesting to me the ways in which the pandemic has shaped people's writing. Like some people say they absolutely you know, struggled to write during mm-hmm. the pandemic. And then someone told me that they wrote a book in 17 days in the pandemic. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I love, I know, right? 17 days. I, I told her like, she should win a prize if I were responsible for handing out, you know, awards. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I could give her like some kind of like first draft award for having written like a thriller in, in 17 days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's just, I think because writing is such an individual process, like obviously everyone's, um, the way everyone is affected by these huge life changes are going to affect, you know, the way writing works or doesn't work for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, I mean, it's exactly like you said, we've all had such a dramatically different way of processing this massive global event that none of us had ever experienced before. And I don't, I can't really think of anybody alive today who would have experienced a pandemic like this on this level. No. Um, and yeah, and I, I know authors who kind of went like full dark kind of processed all of their like trauma and stress and anxiety over the pandemic in their writing. And then authors like me who kind of went full on escapism and you know, like make the world in our books as unlike the real world as possible. And of course, authors who really struggled to write. Like I, I'm sometimes in that camp as well. I still find it hard when things are difficult to settle down and be creative. Yeah, I could see how that would be challenging. Like you're, you've got so much going on in your head and you're like, oh, so now let's create this, this new thing that has mm -hmm. a totally different feel that yeah. is in some ways an escape, but also a challenge to, I'm guessing, continually like craft and create. Yeah, it's it's hard to, to, like, even when you want to escape, it's hard to keep yourself in that warm, cozy mood when the world is anything but. Yes, yes. So I would love to talk about how it is that you became a writer like in the first place. Have you always known that this is something that you wanted to do or did this kind of come as like a happy surprise? I, I think it's, I've always written stories, um, like ever since I was very, very young, I have been writing stories, terrible stories, like let's be real, they were terrible well, yes. when I was little, um, but I've loved it, I've always loved creating stories, and you know, during the hardest parts of my childhood, or like the hardest parts of school and high school, which is, you know, like yeah. a gauntlet that we all have to face, um, I had, you know, the act of creation, the, the the act of coming home and being able to lose myself in these amazing worlds I loved so much. And, you know, so books, reading and writing were my, um, were the thing that I defaulted to. So I would say that I've always wanted to do it, but I don't know that I've always felt like it was possible. Mm -hmm. I think I was I was probably in my mid-teens before I actually started to think maybe I could make this my job. Maybe I could get published. Um, because, you know, I mean, at the time, there weren't really a whole lot of authors that I knew of who looked like me. There weren't a whole lot of successful books with characters that looked like me. And I thought, yeah, well, maybe there just isn't the space. And, yeah, it took a while to finally, like, get to grips with the idea that you know I'm I'll I'll make that space I'll I'll go in there and see what I can do and, you know it still took a while I was um 22 when I sold my first book which I know is very young but, that's amazing <laughs> I mean it is it is young 
And it was, but I had sort of started sending things out when I was 15 or 16. So it was still seven years of rejection. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been, yeah, it's something I've always loved to do, but it, I was probably a while before I recognized it as a thing I could do for a living. And how have you found it to be like going in and carving out that space? It's um, challenging and rewarding, I think. Um, There are still spaces where I don't miss in publishing and in, you know, the, the, the book world online and offline where I don't necessarily still feel welcome. But I also think oh. there are so many. Um, I mean, I think it is just it is what it is. Um, and that will hopefully change. And it is changing slowly. Um, yes. And there are so many authors who come from marginalized backgrounds, um, authors of color, queer authors, um, disabled authors. And there are so many more of us now that there is a really lovely sense of um, solidarity and support and community. And, yeah, I think it's just it. we're all kind of carving that space together. And so that is really rewarding to kind of see each other succeed and cheer each other on. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there are absolutely still challenges there. I think there are for, for, for most authors. Um, especially if you are from an underrepresented background. As someone who has grown up with a disability, I can relate, you know, quite, quite a bit to what you're saying about not seeing characters in books mm-hmm. that represent sort of your, your lived experience. Um, yeah. You know, I've noticed in a lot of like the, the kids books that feature characters with disabilities when I was growing up, like you were always cured at the end or you yes. died. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like I have a disability as well and I find that it, it, it is, it, it's a thing, isn't it? It's just a thing that just kept happening when we were younger. And I think yes. amazingly that has changed a lot. There are so many amazing books now where a disability is treated as just that. It is a disability. That's it. You live with it. You are still thriving, um, with it and you don't get magically cured either. No, and, and usually you don't die. Yes. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> yes. I see that a lot in, in YA and middle grade. I feel like mm-hmm. those spaces are doing amazing work in the disability kind of space. But yeah. I still struggle yeah. to find physical disability portrayed well in mm. in adult fiction. Um I think people are taking some really good steps and we're seeing a lot of like, you know, neurodivergence that's being mm-hmm. handled really well. We're seeing like some, you know, like a chronic illness. Um, but I'm still always looking for the characters that are, you know, physically disabled, be that like, you know, visually impaired or mm-hmm. like having mobility impairments. Um, yeah. And it's it's not something that I see quite as much as I would like in the world of like adult literature. Yeah. No, I see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely get that. It's, um, it is strange, isn't it? Like, I mean, like you said, there has been some amazing fiction recently that with neurodivergence and chronic illness and, um, mental illness. And these are, and it's amazing. It's brilliant. 
Um, and it is surprising that there aren't as many um, books with good representation of physical disabilities. I mean, maybe it's just a reaction to the fact that there have been in the past so many books in which physical disabilities were represented so poorly. It's true. Uh, yeah. It's true. I, I, you know, I see some and I'm always so happy to see mm, them, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, get a life. Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Um, oh, I love is, that. Uh, like, yes. Such a good book. Yes. That was like one of the highlights of my reading kind of the year that came out. And I was like, Hey, you know, we're, yeah, we're yeah. dealing like with something that that's real and raw mm-hmm. and honest and I think I think it is Chloe Brown that has um, the main character has a cane in the co- on the cover, doesn't she? I think. So I don't know because I'm blind, that? and so covers are not um, are not things that I know about unless I hear yeah, people yeah. talk about them. So if you tell me that that's true, <laughs> then I will like argue that. In my I absolutely brain? know that one of the Brown Sisters novels has a main character with the cane. I'm trying to remember which one. I would I've read it would and loved Chloe. them all. I think it must be Chloe because that makes sense, doesn't it? Right. Um, the other two like are dealing with other things, but they're not like a physical disability. So I will yes. like, keep that in the like stores of my mind. And the next time someone says that, I can just say, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Like it must be that. And it'll be like, like, I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Talia just does such incredible work at like representing intersectional marginalizations. Oh. And I'm, just, I'm, I'm also just writing really good books. Yes. Yes. Talia Hibbert is like a, a goddess of all things that are great. Yep. <laughs> So I would like to kind of shift gears a little bit and ask you, you've talked a little bit about the things that you read. And so I'm wondering, like, is it magic that is kind of the thing in books that pulls you in? Or like, what what are the things that draw you to a good book or that make a book good for you? Oh, I mean, mean, there's so many things, I think, depending on the book. Yes, magic is absolutely one of the things that pulls me in. Um, character like if mm-hmm. I can fall in love with the main character I don't necessarily have to like them but if I can Correct. fall in love with them one way or another I'm, I'm sold that is going to be a good book for me um, and I mean sometimes it depends on the genre like I think with a lot of crime and thrillers I really enjoy like a good twist like yes. a great twist great plot that will get me going but for most genres, romance, fantasy, which are my two absolute favorite genres, uh, yes. it's the character and the magic. And even if that magic is like just chemistry between the leads, oh, I just love it. This, I yeah. should point out that I am now just looking at the three Brown Sisters covers and I cannot see a cane. So I don't oh. know why that was in my head. I'm, I'm so oh, no. sorry. So I have to like take it away from like the stores of my brain. And, yes, and, yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and not pretend that that I know it. Yeah. So what have you know. what have you read recently that you think the world should know about? Ooh, um, 
Oh, ooh. I mean, I feel like my answers are going to be really boring because all the books I've read recently are books that I think everyone is reading right now. Like I just finished Love on the Brain. Um, yes. Which, you know, loved. And before that, I think I, the book I loved, like really loved recently was um, Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher. Um, okay, now that's just, one I haven't heard people mention too much. So, so go oh, here. I mean, I think maybe maybe it's just the people like I know, but I feel like quite a lot of people are talking about it. I mean, it is amazing. It is. Um, it it's strangely it, it deals with some pretty heavy content. Like there is mm-hmm. um, spousal abuse and um, trauma and that kind of thing. But in spite of that, it is somehow a very cozy. Um, heartwarming book. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I love it. <laughs> I have a presenter um, on this podcast named Stacy who really, really loves T. Kingfisher. I mean, like, books are just—they are just like the perfect cozy fantasy. I think this I've one. I've never is read one. Like I, I see them all the time, and I'm like, oh yeah, I really need to you know give this a try. Um, I was really but, late to the game too. Um, like really yeah, late. Sometimes to the that game. happens. Yeah, it does. And um, but no, this one is my favorite. So I mean, I say start with this. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely pick it up. I've seen it like all over the place. Like my library <laughs> is always, you know, it's always like one of those things that they're talking about. You know, people mm-hmm. loving, and it's on all these lists. So I'm like, oh yeah, I really, I really need to pick this up. And have you read any like witchy books lately that? that do good things for you i've been reading like so many witchy books like over the last couple of years but of course like now that you've asked me i like every book i've ever read has like gone stomp straight out of my head um uh i mean again this is like a bit of a boring answer i'm sure everyone says that but but cersei madeline miller oh um, cersei yes like that is just incredible the witch's heart um genevieve also amazing also, in, again, for like such dark content, very cozy. Um, yes, and I I've think Cersei is too. I think maybe it's the do- it's the domesticity, the kind of the fact that these are both um, women on in isolation in like just living their lives, sort of. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That must be where the coziness comes from. Um, I uh, I also read. Oh yeah, yeah. No, go, go, go. You tell me. <laughs> I love Her Majesty's Royal Coven Royal by Juno Dawson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was that amazing. Really good. Yeah, and I also um, love Lana Harper with like every ounce. I was of my just soul. about to say Payback's a Witch. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and um, and the second one from Bad to Cursed. Love that yes, too. and then in January we get back in a spell and yes I, I love that they're so close together I don't know yes, how I do too. Lana's doing it but I love that they're so close together I have had her on the podcast for both um payback and cursed and so now I'm I'm hoping that she'll come back again for back in a spell because she is oh, just like I love to hear her like talk about her books and her yeah. process she's just an incredible human being. Mm. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so incredibly much for taking time out of your schedule over just a couple days post-release. And so I, I so appreciate your time today. Oh, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
You're welcome. Can you let and, you know, know? Forgive me best. at some point for getting your hopes up about Chloe Brown. Oh, it's okay. it's okay. I I I will I will let it pass. Can you let <laughs> listeners know the best place to find you online? Um, Instagram at Sangumen, that's just my name. I have to ask, do you describe your Instagram photos? I do. Um Yay! <laughs> you know what, actually, I'm going to I'm going to say I do some of the time and I absolutely should every single time. I do know that. Um, and I, and I'm kind of like moving towards doing it a lot more, but I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's just a habit that I just didn't get into until true. I came quite it's late true. to it. And now I'm, I'm getting there. So I will well, say I... some of the time. And if there's text, I always put that in the description. Oh, good. Yes, I'm I'm always glad to know when people are are making those those moves toward digital accessibility. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we should all be doing it. Yeah. We'll get there. Again, this has been a discussion with author Sangu Mandana about her novel, The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, and this released so many places on August 23rd if you have not picked it up yet go read all right so new books as always i'm starting out with a few things that you've heard us talk about before and i'm starting with one of my not only most anticipated books of november but one of my most anticipated books for all of 2022 and this is astrid parker doesn't fail Bright Falls, book two by Ashley Herring Blake. It is the follow-up to Delilah Green Doesn't Care. We then have one of Sarah's most anticipated November books, and this is Two Wrongs Make a Right by Chloe Leese. And Brooke mentioned the latest Nora Roberts, which is the third in her Dragonheart Legacy series, and this one is called The Choice. So this ends that trilogy, and then we'll have to see what next year's um, new trilogy will bring. So those are a few books that you've heard us talk about before. Let's move on now to some things that we haven't mentioned. So in terms of thrillers, mysteries, things of that nature, we have the new Jeffrey Deaver. This is Hunting Time. It's the fourth book in the Coulter Shaw series. I've only read one book in this series, and I did really like it. Coulter Shaw, I think, is a very complex character. And I'm always interested in the way Deaver builds his characters throughout the series, where you get to learn more about not only who they are as people, but all about their pasts. And so we have that going on in the series from what I can tell. Um, but like I said, I need to catch up. So this one is Hunting Time, Coulter Shaw, book four, by Jeffrey Deaver. Then we have Keeper of Secrets. This is the seventh book in the Carly Moore series by Denise Grover Swank. I have never read a Denise Grover Swank book before, but I know that Natalia really likes her. And Stacy has read some of her paranormal women's fiction. So these are kind of P.I. mysteries. And from what I can tell, they do not have magic in them at all. Um, so I think they're just more sort of standard mysteries about a female PI named Carly Moore. So this one is the seventh, and it's called Keeper of Secrets, and it's by Denise Grover Swank. If you're looking for something historical, 
but that's also a thriller. I am super pleased to tell you about All the Blood We Share by Camilla Bruce. This was a very happy surprise for me because I did not know that this was coming out um, at the time that we recorded November Picks. Otherwise, it would have been on my list for sure. I discovered it after we recorded that episode, and I was lucky enough to get an early copy from the publisher. So this is a historical thriller about the Bloody Benders. If you remember her thriller from a couple of years ago, a historical novel called In the Garden of Spite that talked about Belle Gunnis, this is in the same vein um, set, you know, in the 1800s, and we learn about a family of serial killers. Again, this is All the Blood We Share, and it's by Camilla Bruce. All right, let's talk a little bit about some romance. Um, first of all, we have some urban fantasy romance. This is um, Nightingale, Charade of Magic, book two, by Helen Hart. And Helen Hart has written a bunch of stuff, both... Um, contemporary romance, and now some paranormal. Um, her Steel Brothers saga is very popular. This one, though, is more urban fantasy. So this is Nightingale, Charade of Magic, book two by Helen Hart. If you're looking for something that's just straight up contemporary romance, we have Pride and Puppies. This is Pine Hollow, book four by Lizzie Shane, and it is about a woman who decides that she's done with love, as so many people do decide in romance. You know, it's a thing. We know about it. Um, so she's done with love, and she's going to lavish all of her affection on puppies instead. Of course, since this is a romance, that does not actually happen. If you want to know more, you'll have to check it out. It's Pride and Puppies. Pine Hollow, book four, by Lizzie Shane. And if I didn't say it, because I don't think I did, it looks like it's kind of a modernized version of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. So I was not exaggerating when I told you that there were very few new releases this week, because that literally is all I have for you. Next week, which will be your last new release episode of the year, um, does promise to be a bit better. So if you are in the U.S. and if Thanksgiving is something you celebrate, I hope you have a phenomenal, healthy, happy, and safe holiday. And I will be back to talk to you again about books in the not-too-distant future. Take care. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.
If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.